Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer, from the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Welcome to the next edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Coming to you from the Attention Area Media Studios in a chilly downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, Simon Provan, happy Wednesday to you, sir. How are you? I'm, I'm good now, Baxter. Good. Just sat down here yeah. in the studio. <laughs> you literally you have been I'm inside the, the studio up. for about 35 seconds. <laughs> like Right before I hit the theme, you walked to the door. But uh, you just you have a lot of stuff going on right now, A lot though, of don't stuff you? going on. Yeah, I'm directing a show right now at uh, Wisconsin Lutheran College. Ooh. In which uh, we're about to head into our tech rehearsals, which means very late nights. Yep, very late nights, unfortunately, and just all the the craziness that goes with uh, putting on a full scale production as yeah. well. Too. Do you think is is directing harder than coaching? Uh, it is it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I feel like you've yes, got more is. parts that have to be that yes. have to line up than just putting eleven players on a field. Right. It's not that it's not complicated to put eleven players on the field and be successful, but I feel like you have to worry about so many other things like hitting your cues and lights and yeah. I mean, there's there's, there's a lot more. You know, we're telling a complete story here, so mm-hmm. there, there's so many other elements that I have to be concerned with. And I, and on top of that, you know, with directing in a college. And this isn't a slant on the students. It's a little bit different than directing professionally. True. Directing professionally is more like coaching a game. That's true. Yeah. Uh, whereas you know you got actors who are in there and and they know they know what they're doing just about most of the time. Whereas mm-hmm. when you're directing a college, it's still an extension of teaching. So you're still true. teaching while you're directing. So you're actually wearing two you're hats. Kind of just all over the place. Yeah. You're like well, yeah. let's just figure it out and see what happens. Well, either way, we're excited to have you here in the studio with us today, Simon, as we continue to roll along with the show. Well, it's always great to be here. And of course, it's exciting to have you here as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Definitely. Uh, two great guests coming up on today's show. Uh, goalkeeper for FC Kansas City, Nicole Barnhart, will be here with us in our third segment. And then uh, former NWSL player Rachel Wood will join us in our final segment to uh, give us an update about what she's been doing with her life and uh, possibly just chat about some of the other things going on in the women's soccer world as a whole. I know she's a very opinionated gal, uh, a lot of fun to talk to for sure, but uh, it'll be great to get Rachel back on the show as well, too. A quick reminder for you, of course, as well, since we don't have a consistent schedule for you at the exact moment, your best way to do figure out what we are programming and what we're doing is to go to our website, 2 upfrontsoccer.com. You can also find past episodes by going to Spreaker.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and the Sports Podcasting Network as well. Yeah, check us out on Facebook as well. Just type in 2 Upfront in that search bar. You'll find us. And do us a favor while you're there. Give us a like. Doesn't cost you anything but maybe a split second of your time. You can also find us at on Twitter at 2 Upfront Soccer. Of course, he is at Baxter Colburn. I'm at Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. Taking a look around the soccer world, I want to start in MLS um, with the one of the conversations that has been happening with things that take place on the field, not with the players, but with uh, instant replay. Uh, we've heard uh, that uh, Pro, uh, the organization that uh, signs all the referees, uh, has hired Howard Webb to manage their video assistant referee operations. Sure have, yeah. Howard, Howard Webb, a longtime international ref, uh, spent some time in the Premier League as well, too, over 25 years worth of refing experience. Uh, I, I don't know a lot about what they're ter- that they're currently doing with the assistant referee operations, but I know that they're trying to get this video 
video instant replay basically instilled into games. Yeah, what they're doing is in the preseason, they're taking about 30 games to test out this system. And this is the part that I don't agree with. The first part of the regular season, they will be using what they're calling VAR, video assistant okay. uh, replay. And But it's not actually going to be used in the games officially. It's not until after the All-Star game that they're actually going to implement this into the season. So I'm saying, hey, you know, use it all season or yeah. don't use it all season. So I guess with, with I feel like soccer is one of those sports where I feel like it's a little harder to use instant replay on because unless you have, I mean, MLS doesn't have goal line technology yet. Correct. Right? It's, so. it's only going to be for four different calls. Okay. Uh, I don't have it here in front of me, but if I remember off the top of my head, it is penalty kicks. Uh, it is red cards. It is misidentification, and then there's a fourth one in there, Baxter. I don't see it in front of me here. I'm looking as well, too, at least at the article about Howard Webb, and I don't see them talking about what it's going to be. But I guess that makes a lot of sense. It's not like, you know, uh, with, with, you know, with it's basketball not be offside. or with it's NFL. Right, or it's right. like, did he get both feet in, you know, things like well, that. Well, here's the, here's the thing that I've always said, especially on PKs. You know, nine times out of ten when a PK is called, yeah. You've got players running up to the ref and arguing with him for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, there, there isn't going to be to me this this doesn't this doesn't change the game. No, you're just making sure you got the call exactly correctly. So are, are coaches going to be able to like throw a challenge flag no. and be like, "I want to challenge Not yet. that call"? Not yet. Or is it just going to be the fact of somebody up in the booth is going to you know hit the the ref in the earpiece? They're basically be like, "You should go take a look at that again and just double check kind of a thing." Yeah, that's that's from what I understand. That's that's what they're talking about doing. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm I'm all for it. The game is a lot faster. The players are faster than than what the game used to be a hundred years ago. True. Um, I know there's a lot of people who say part of the beauty of soccer is the human mistakes but look the game of soccer is scoring a goal when it gets down to it it's a very simple game yeah you you score goals if the ball crosses the line that's also what it'll be i think that's the fourth one is to make sure the ball cross the line yeah Yeah. hold the ball hold the line yes uh so look here it's very simple for me if a goal is scored it should be counted yeah and there's nothing wrong with going back and saying ah guys we called that one no goal but it's actually a goal yeah how many times i mean i think one of the big examples in just international soccer before goal line technology i think was i think it was steven gerrard or somebody in an england game that scored a a, a, he scored but he didn't because he hit the underside of the crossbar bounced down what looked like on the line even though you look at it the whole ball was inside the goal and then bounced quickly back out yeah everybody thought and the ref waved it off like nope no goal even though it was everybody that saw the replay was like that was clearly in i'm pretty darn sure that was the 2010 world cup so and 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 to add salt to the wound i believe it was against germany i think those two are huge rivals we could be wrong about that baxter but that's what i remember I think that's what it was. Yeah, I could uh, be wrong too, but I, I was, that was just one example. I think that helped start the conversation yeah, exactly, about international right. soccer, saying we have to have some sort of goal line confirmation that this ball is actually going in, basically. Instead yeah. of the, you know, because not every shot is is like, oh, you see the net bulge. It's like, okay, obviously that was a goal. It's like, right. was the goalkeeper there? Because the goalkeepers are getting even better nowadays. Well, too, that's it so too. Right. It's that right. game of split second, basically. I, I do want to go back to Howard Webb being the the head of the VAR in MLS. What's interesting is Manchester United doesn't play in MLS, so which team is Howard <laughs> Webb going to add seven minutes onto in his video replay assumption? And that's what I'm wondering, too. Who is the Manchester United of, of Major League Soccer? Is it the Galaxy? I think you would have to say so at I this so. point. I feel like that makes the most I, sense, too. They've had the most British appeal, I feel like. Across, right, know, yeah. The, yeah. Sense with, with Beckham and Gerrard and a couple others that have been there as well, too. You know, it's, it's funny. When, when Howard Webb retired from the Premier League, um, <laughs> there was all this stuff going on about, oh, Manchester United announced the newest statue they're going to build in front yeah. of their stadium. Howard, <laughs> Howard Webb. Webb. They should. I think that would be funny. I mean, that's there's some, you can just honestly go for, for hours just looking at memes and videos and pictures yes, of Howard yes. Webb if you just Google. Google Howard Webb. There's so much that comes up from him. Uh, so a pretty funny moment to say the least about that. But we wish Howard Webb the best and hope that it does help make the league better. Yeah, overall. absolutely. Uh, one other thing I was curious about is we are in our kick around, which is presented by Too Much Metal. You can go to too much metal, uh, dot com uh, for rad t-shirts for rad people. Uh, one of the rad people in MLS is Dax McCarty. He's a little fired up, um, not in a good way, fired up about how the Red Bulls handled the trade from the Red Bulls to the Chicago Fire of him right. just three weeks ago. It feels like it's been a lot longer than that. But for those that don't know, don't know Dax McCarty was traded for one hundred and forty thousand dollars. Four four hundred thousand. Four hundred. Sorry, four hundred thousand dollars in general allocation money back on January sixteenth. 
Uh, he's now a member of the Chicago Fire, but he himself is saying uh, that the organization, specifically Jesse Marsh, handled it wrong and handled it poorly and very unprofessionally, and he held no punches, basically, when talking to the media about it this last week. Yeah, and actually, I think when I saw the headline, I was like, ooh, I hope Dax isn't also going to fall into that unclassy category. But I, 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 you read you read his comments, and I think it's actually very balanced and, I agree. and very even keel. You know, he goes on to talk about he gets it that it's a business. It's just that he's been the captain for this team. Yeah. He's been there for five and a half years. Him and Jesse Marsh have a great relationship. And, and, and the thing he was being very poignant about is that he believes that it was Jesse, Je, Jesse Marsh who executed this trade. And for him, for Dax McCarty not to be known ahead of time, you know, not to be let known ahead mm-hmm. of time that this was going to happen. He's with the national team. He's on his honeymoon, and he finds out, hey, guess what? You've also been traded. You've been traded. Change of address forms. Good luck. You're already getting married, so you got to just t- kill all the birds with one stone, I guess. But yeah, some of the comments that Dax made, though, I thought this was a good one, talking about the Red Bulls organization. He said, this is a team that preaches togetherness and brotherhood and having each other's backs. Trust is a big word that they use. And he definitely reciprocated, saying he's like, hey, I thought that you know, if we trust everybody and we try to support each other, the least you guys could do with all that I've done for this organization is that you would at least give me a heads up. And right. he, he made it very clear. Yeah. He's like, if I'd have been told this is for business reasons, we have to move you, he's been like, totally fine. But he's like, because of the semi-shadiness of this, where it's like, oh, boom, no warning, you're gone kind of thing, he gets a little more peeved by that, I guess. Well, it's interesting, too, because he does go on to say how because he... Th- really believes it was Jesse Marsh behind all of this that his Jesse Marsh's comments about this really confuse him because Marsh is saying yeah you know maybe our club could have handled this better and yeah. and when I look back it, you know certainly could have could have done things better um, apparently Marsh and McCarty did have a conversation after the trade happened and McCarty saying he told him to his face that you don't you don't treat people yeah. like this. You know, you, you got to remember that, yes, it's a business, but we're also human beings. So, to be clear, Dax is not upset that he got traded. Yeah. It's he's, the he's way that it that. was handled. That's all. Exactly. All right. Well, we are going to run to our first break. When we come back, we'll dive into the NWSL. Chicago got a new logo. I think that's pretty slick looking, honestly. Uh, the Canadian national team wins a 3-2 game in that bronze medal celebration match where we talked to Melissa Tancredi last week. We'll look at that. Uh, and look at some other fun things as well, too, in regards to the uh, NWSL. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions. Three Lions Pub in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is just the place for me. They've got everything. Great pub food, a wonderful selection of draft beers, and a brilliant atmosphere, especially during Premier League matches. Check out the Three Lions Pub menu at threelionspub.com, where you can also find all their specials and the great events that take place throughout the year. Three Lions Pub, where across the pond is now across the street. Speaking of Three Lions Pub, this weekend they got some big games that they're showing. Of course, Tottenham and Liverpool, which is going to depend a lot on where those two end up the rest of the season. Saturday at 11.30 a.m., Chelsea versus Burnley at 7.30 a.m. on Sunday. That 11.30 a.m. game, the Tottenham-Liverpool, is on Saturday, just to be clear. They're going to have drink specials for those games. On top of this, Baxter, Thursday evening, they have their Krombacher beer dinner oh, coming up. Krombacher. So make sure you uh, go to their Facebook page. A lot more information there. But uh, that's all happening at Three Lions Pub, who we are so thankful to be the big sponsor of our show. Welcome back inside the Attention Area Media Studios. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. You've got a really cool and unique story that you wanted to share in the first segment, but we just ran out of time. Of so course. I wanted to pass the floor over to you now so you can uh, share this really kind of a touching uh, story. That yeah, you I think that's the best way to say it, Baxter. Really touching. This is at collectspace.com. I was alive when the Challenger space shuttle blew up in space. I was in third grade. I'll never forget it. Uh, just thinking about it now still has me tear up. If you don't know much about it, it was the first time that things were going to be thrown into uh, thrown, flown into space, uh, including some teachers on there as well. Well, one of the gentlemen that was on that ill-fated flight... Uh, had taken a soccer ball with him that was signed by his daughter and uh, members of her soccer team down in Texas. Challenger blew up on its way into orbit. Um, 
They ended up finding the soccer ball in the ocean. Really? Baxter. So Shane Kimbrough, the commander of the, of the uh, International Space Station Expedition crew, posted a picture on Twitter on Friday of that soccer ball wow. having actually been flown into space now. So 30 years later, that, that ill-fated uh, Challenger drive into space is now being uh, you know memorialized in mm. such a such a cool way and of course with that soccer ball connected to the uh, the soccer awesome, world though. i feel like that's really a, really a special thing in all honesty when you when you think about what uh, what that means you know the, the the generations coming together basically and i'm sure that the daughter i'm sure thought it was really special too when she found out about it as well so yeah absolutely that's definitely a, a very cool and uh, touching story at the same time too so yeah absolutely all right well keeping with the uh the soccer world specifically more so on the women's side of things uh for those of you that remember last week we had melissa tancredi uh, on our show, it was uh, just days before she was playing her final game for the Canadian women's national team. I told her she had to score a hat trick. She didn't score a hat trick, but uh, she still was a vital part of what Mexico and Canada battled to a 3-2 uh, overall victory for the Canadians in front of almost 23,000 fans. Uh, that right there, if people want to question whether or not women's soccer is alive and well in Canada, I think that's a very good indication. I don't even think the men's team gets 23,000 men out to, uh, you know, people out to their games consistently. Right. No, I, I agree with you, Baxter. We'd have to go and research that, but we know the U.S. men's team hasn't been doing yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, I certainly would have to agree with you on that one. But uh, a big game overall. Uh, Tancredi didn't score, unfortunately, but uh, but Deanna Rose had a goal, and then um, Yanni Becky scored two as well. So uh, the Canadians definitely uh, proving that they are still a very dominant force, deserving to be a top-four team or top-five team. I forget exactly where they rank currently uh, in women's soccer. Uh, but they bid farewell in the 76-minute to Melissa Tancredi, who fe- in it ends her international career with 27 goals and 124 appearances uh, in just a... Oh, before she, I'm sorry, she came on in the 76 minutes. She started on the bench, rather, pardon me. But um, still, just a great uh, a great thing for her, and we wish her the very best. And we got to go visit her chiropractor uh, place there in Vancouver sometime. Well, I think that's why they didn't play her in the first 76 minutes. She was still getting stuff together all lined up for her business. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She's like, hold on, guys, i gotta, I got to work a couple more clients on the sidelines here fast before I can get into the game. But uh, we wish her the very best. And uh, I'm very curious to see. Canada is always one of those teams that you know they're going to be good. You know that they're going to compete at a high level. Um, I would honestly not be mad if Canada won a World Cup before the U.S. did again. In all honesty, yeah, yeah. I mean, I unless they beat the U.S. We we do see a youth movement going on with the U.S., so that right there might set the U.S. back a little bit purposefully. It certainly might. And we heard Tancredi talk a lot about the youth that the Canadians have, but how dominant those youth players are. She's like, I forget these players are only twenty two, twenty three right, years old, right. and they're already you know high-class stars. Sabrina D'Angelo's been on our show a couple times. She's only 23 years old. She's a championship-winning goalie, and she's one of the starters as well, too, for this national team. Oh, she's absolutely wonderful to watch, Mm -hmm. too. Exactly. So you you look at Canada, and you'd like to think there might be this change of the guard in the international level, potentially. I'm looking forward to the next Canada versus USA women's soccer game, to say the least. Absolutely. Uh, the Chicago Red Stars, Simon, have a new logo. I, I love logos. I, I, you know, as, you can, as you know, I'm a very brand person. I enjoy wearing them and sporting them all, that, all the time. Um, what do you, have you have you seen the new logo? Do you, do you like I'm, the new I'm logo? I'm looking at it right now. What do you I'm, think I'm, of, the, of the new I, logo I think initially? It's yeah, I, I think it's slick, Baxter. I love it. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I mean, you, you look at it, it's definitely that more traditional soccer crest, yep. um, I think, which is really sharp. It, it has uh, the red stars on it, which also is very representation of the city of Chicago. Well, yeah, and that's I think that's what I really like about it. I love their uniforms, too. That yeah, I, I'm cool with jersey sponsors, first of all, I want to say that. But what I do love about the red stars jersey is, is it reflects the city flag. Mm. Uh, and, and it's tough, of course, for us to be sitting here complimenting anything that's Chicago. Not Red Stars, just the city, because, you know, we're Milwaukee guys, so yeah, it goes no, against our grain. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, but if there's one thing that I love about Chicago, I love their city flag. I love the simplicity of it. True. Um, and for the fact that the Red Stars have really taken, on that, taken that on, 
I think it's very slick what they've done. And I think it's funny, too, that they've been popularizing the Frank Sinatra song, My Kind of Town, uh, as well, too, as part of the brand campaign. Uh, I saw an ad with Casey Short come out recently uh, with her util- with the, the Red Stars utilizing the, uh, the, the public transportation system um, as part of just their their rebrand they're they're much they're embracing so much more of what chicago is now i feel like which uh will hopefully help drive fans out to more games as well too to say hey we're very much a part of this city we actually play you know in the chicago area to an extent but uh i think they are going to still play their their games in 2017 um are they yeah they're going to be playing at uh toyota park i think though so they're going to still be down in bridgeview unfortunately but um I feel like, I don't know, Chicago's just, I know we go back and forth on the whole Chicago thing in terms of they should have a stadium in Chicago instead of in Bridgeview, but uh, I think that the Red Stars are doing a great job overall of building more brand awareness for soccer in Chicago. Yeah, then that's the thing. As you said, we do go back and forth, and and for for people who are maybe more newbies to american soccer and saying why did they build a stadium in bridgeview again you got to remember this was a time when soccer stadiums were still a new idea for the most part i mean it was one of the it was either the third or fourth soccer specific stadium in the country so that was a time where and of course it was built by the chicago fire Mm -hmm. people of bridgeview paid for the whole thing yeah Uh, so you look at that and you go at a time when soccer stadiums were still being thought of to get a f- stadium paid for completely, you say yes to it. Exactly, regardless now, of where it's located now, to an extent. Right, and now we're looking you know, several years down the road here now, and we're saying, you know what, it's the downtown stadiums that work. <laughs> so it, it's a tough thing because the city of Bridgeview paid for the stadium. They've been promised certain things. So you can't just pack up and leave. There are legal ramifications yep, with that. you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, I, cert- I certainly hope that Chicago, among other cities, figures out their, their stadium debacle at some point. But... Uh, you never really know exactly, though, with uh, with that to an extent uh, where you know where the pieces are going to fall, I guess. So, um, one other thing too that I, I just I'm curious to to get your thoughts about as well too is uh, Backline Soccer has been talking about their top five uh, players at every position, basically uh, that they think in NWSL, and they recently came up with their number one forward they believe in NWSL, and they say it's Kristen Press. Uh, Kristen Press, as many folks know, is a very dynamic and explosive player. Uh, she has been a vital part of what the Chicago Red Stars have done since she joined the team back in 2014. She's scored uh, over 16 total goals uh, in terms oh, since she's been in Chicago. Uh, she scored eight goals in 14 games for the national team during 2016. Uh, does Kristen Press being called the number one striker in NWSL seem accurate to you, Simon? It's a tough one because, you know, are they talking currently now who's playing are they are they talking about they're saying all time they're saying that Kristen press is the all-time best or greatest forward i guess to play in in the nwsl Hmm. because it's tough when you look at lynn williams stats last season yes i i don't know Uh, Kristen press is an explosive player and, and she's one of the main reasons chicago uh almost made the playoffs last year as well or did no they did yeah, Chicago lost in the chamber of the semifinal. That's game, right. Rather. Thank you. Sorry, yep. I had a brain fart there. It's all good. Late nights. Late nights. That happens. Yeah, I mean, she's she's the main. Really, she is the main reason that Chicago got to where they got to. Yes, in I, many respects. I I don't know. I have a hard time, in all honesty, thinking that Kristen Press is the very best that NWSL has to offer. I know that Alex Morgan had a some might say more of a down year last year with with how she played, but. To say that Kristen Press is the best NWSL has ever had at the forward position, uh, I feel like Abby Wambach had a lot of really good success when she was in the league for for the time that she was there. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree. I, if we're if we're playing the current card, I don't think she's the best current forward in the league. I don't necessarily know who I think the number one is though. So that's where it gets a little dicey. Well, here's here's the thing, um, and this is it's the timing of it because I would argue that if Crystal Dunn had not signed with Chelsea, yeah. she's got my pick for number one as best forward currently in the league. True. That's a very valid point, in all honesty. I think between her, um, I really am hoping to see more from Kelia Ojai this season. Uh, Lynn Williams, as you mentioned, as well, too. Uh, there's a trio of players that I think can really step up this 2017 season and really propel themselves even farther. And that's without even seeing any of these rookies get on the field as well, too. But 
Yeah, realistically, though, Kristen Press, Alex Morgan, Amy Rodriguez, Sydney LaRue, four gals right there that we know from the national team perspective are all high-quality class ladies that are going to put the ball in the back of the net consistently. Is Kristen Press the number one? I think she's tied for number one. I don't necessarily think she's the outright number one. Sure. And then, you know, you also look at Portland, too, a player who doesn't get much mention but had a fantastic season last year, Nadia Nadim. Yeah. Another I mean, fantastic Nine goals in 21 player. games. Another certainly fantastic player. They do have Becky Sauerbrunn listed as the all-time best defender in NWSL, and they have Kim Little listed as the all-time greatest midfielder to play. I would have to agree with Kim Little. Kim Little, 100%. Yes, I'm 100% on that one. Becky Sauerbrunn makes a total, makes complete sense to me as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Kristen Press is the only one, though, that I look at. I'm just like, I, I, I struggle with a little bit to, to justify if that's a real a real thing or not. So, all right, well, we're going to go to a break. Uh, we, I gave you the wrong information. Nicole Barnhart's going to be here in our fourth segment, not our third segment. So we're going to jump into MLS when we come back and talk about Freddie Adu. He's no longer trialing with the Timbers, uh, but I'm curious to get Simon's <laughs> thoughts about the Wonder Kid <laughs> back in MLS, at least with his Timbers for a little while, and some other MLS preseason information as well, too. We'll be back with more. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub after this. Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. A quick reminder for everybody, they can go check out our website, twoupfrontsoccer.com. That's the number two. You can find out all the amazing guests that have been on our show before, learn more about Simon and myself, and catch past episodes, and uh, buy a T-shirt as well, too. $15 for a T-shirt. We haven't put the hats up yet. We haven't. I've just been too lazy. 15 bucks for a hat. I forget what it is for, for the hats, but... Somewhere in that general vicinity. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, we appreciate the support. Uh, we've already had a couple of people buy shirts, uh, so thank you for doing that. Uh, we love uh, seeing people and uh, hearing from people that we don't even know that uh, enjoyed listening to the show. So that's always that means we're doing something right. If something, we have people that are coming yeah. up to us be like, "Hey, you guys do a great job," be like, "Oh." Well, thank you. At least, a, at least a couple times a week. Apparently, we're doing something. You know. Apparently, or a couple times a month. A couple times you want a month, say. depending on exactly. I mean, we, we. I certainly. I was thinking about that today. I'm like, is it really only been a once a week thing for just the last two weeks? I'm like, it feels way longer since I've seen Simon. But I'm like, well, I guess that's just. It's just the current season that we're in. Like, exactly. And like we right. have teased about a trillion times. We have things that we're working on in the background, but uh, we just haven't gotten a lot of confirmation on things quite yet. So as we know more. Of course, you guys will be the first to know, so we appreciate your patience with that. All right, one man that has been very patient with his career since uh, the age of 14 has been Freddie Adu, and he got a two-week contract trial with the Portland Timbers, uh, which unfortunately ended without an offer. I Unfortunately? I guess for, for him. him. For, for him. him, yes. Uh, the team itself says there was just no space on the Timbers roster for Adu. He had two weeks, and we were upfront and honest with him about what we were at. More than anything, you look at the depth, there just was not going to be a spot, which I agree with. Who is he going to replace? Who is he no, going to back that's up? that's the thing. I mean, you, you, you know, they, they recently had their huge signing with Sebastian Blanco. Yeah. You look at who they still have on the squad. Obviously, Adi is playing up front. Dayron Espria can play midfield or mm-hmm. forward. Uh, you, you just go down the list of, of the number of players they have offensively that there's just not going to be a spot for Freddie Adu. What the Timbers need to focus on is their defense. And I know Porter did come out and say that they've been looking for center backs. Um Obviously, Nate Nat, Nat Porcher's <clears throat> recently yeah. retired because of the Achilles injury that he had, so his career's done. Um, 
but they've got to shore up that defense. Not yeah. only finding their starting three or four, but finding depth for the back line as well. Exactly, and that was the one thing you preached about all season long, and I even echo as a, as a Revolution fan that the defense has to get worked on if these teams are going to be uh, you know, fantastic. You can have the best offense in the league, but if you're still allowing two or three goals in a game, who, you can't afford to get into shootouts every single right. game and be like, oh, we won 4-3 to three or 5-4. to four. It's like, no, you, it's not the last team that scores the goal kind of thing. You, you want to be able to sit in there and win those one nothing games, you know, for taking, you know, that, that the, the lead in the fifth minute and just being able to hold on for 85 minutes with a, a high-class defense, which I don't think you and I would agree with that Portland doesn't have right now. No, and they made, they've made some moves, I guess, highlighted by Roy Miller, who used to play with the Red Bulls, but mm-hmm. he's not the most consistent play, player either. I mean, he can be very, very strong. And, I, and don't get me wrong, as a Timbers fan, I'm excited to see Roy Miller with the Timbers yes, coming yes, coming from uh, Saprissa out of Costa Rica most yeah. recently. Um, so so it's a nice pickup for them, but they need to do more. I, I need to see more defenders back there that we go, okay, good, now now I feel comfortable. I think I, I, I was looking, well, it was when Brian Dunseth was on the show, so I think that was about two or three weeks ago. He and I were straight on to the Revolution topic briefly, and I looked at the Revolution roster at that moment before they had confirmed their signings, and they had only had three confirmed official defenders on their roster. They have then signed two center backs, so things, and of course, drafted a couple of people as well since that time. But to think that that team was going into the off season with three true defenders <laughs> was terrifying. And I think New England still has a lot to do. They they tied one of their preseason games against Minnesota one to one. I haven't seen if they've done anything else since that point. But um, either way, we'll yeah, have to see. Part of it is, as Baxter, is you're you're looking at the oh, way they beat, these. I'm sorry, they beat Sporting Kansas City yesterday two to one. Oh, Woo! they did. All right. Go Revs. Anyway, as you were. <laughs> Part of it is is the salary cap and what sells tickets, offense. Yeah. So a lot of these teams that they've they've spent a lot of money up top, the Timbers are one of those teams, you don't have much left for your defensive units as far as the cash that you got on hand. So, you know, you, you think if the salary cap gets raised, that is where teams would focus on is, is building depth then defensively. I agree. I want to I want to go out of left field here for you fast and I think this is kind of a we're going to as we get closer to MLS kicking off we're going to preview the conferences, sure. preview the teams a lot more, but out of just sheer curiosity, I want to pick one team from each conference and just get your general thoughts about oh expectations. All right. For this upcoming season. I think a big cop- topic of conversation in the West is Colorado. Yeah, I feel like we should have like a countdown clock, like this is a price <laughs> yeah, is right exactly. or something. <laughs> exactly. So I, what are the realistic expectations for Colorado in 2017? And this doesn't have to be super in-depth right sure, away, sure. but I'm, just, I'm curious to get your thoughts about a team that finished in second, that was undefeated at home last year, 58 points in the Western Conference, I think a surprise team out of everywhere. You thought they were going to make the playoffs. You didn't think they were going to do that well, right, though. Right, right. But uh, what, what do we real, realistically think about Colorado this season? And as you said, you know, I don't have anything sitting in front of me. Um, I'd have to go back and look. I, I don't think there's going to be much of a change with Colorado in that they're not going to have much offensive output, but they're going to be really strong on defense. I don't see them finishing as high as they did this year. Uh, I think I think they will. I know I've said in an earlier show they won't make the playoffs this coming year just for fun. Yeah. I think they make the playoffs, but again, I'm, I'm looking at more like a fifth and sixth seed, Baxter. And that's what you had initially listed them at, too. Right. Um, like I think you had them predicted to be your sixth seed before the season I did. started, yep. basically. But, yeah, I, Colorado is so interesting. I mean, you can make the argument that, well, Jermaine Jones won't be there anymore, but really, what did he do for them consistently? He played, what, nine games, I think, for the, for the Rapids in, in 2016? So... I don't feel like losing Jermaine Jones is going to have a dramatic effect on what Colorado does I agree in with 2017. You Will they be undefeated at home this season? I don't think so. The defense is good. Axel Horberg is a fantastic player. We know that. And the defense was great with Tim Howard, of course, as well, too. But Tim Howard has gotten another year older, and Colorado still doesn't have a dynamic offense to help bail out their defense consistently. Exactly, right. You can have a great defense, but if you're not having the offense that can possess the ball and keep the ball out of your own half, it doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah, and actually, I have to say the Rapids are lucky to still have Axel Holberg yeah. in the back. He was supposed they, to go to Sweden, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, there are a lot of talks about him him transferring over into the Scandinavian countries. Mm. All right, uh, then flipping over to the Eastern Conference, I'm just picking two teams here at random willy-nilly. What about uh, the Montreal Impact in 2017? A team that finished in fifth place, 7-5-5 uh, five and five at home, uh, 45 total points. 
uh, 11, 11, and 12 overall on the season. Those 12 ties, I think, is kind of what killed them a little bit. Uh, if you draw that many games, it means you were in games, but then you also maybe let some games get away at the same time. Uh, Montreal, realistically, we, we knew that they were a good team going into last season. I think you and I had them right. predicted to do exceptionally yep. well. And then the thing with Drogba kind of hit a little bit, and Montreal just... I always felt like you never knew what you were going to get with Montreal. They were kind of like the Sky Blue FC of the NWSL. You didn't ever really know what you were going to get as long as Piotti was on the field. I mean, Piotti was a great player. We have no doubt about that. But aside from Piotti, we played this game a lot. We're like, if you get rid of Piotti, who does Montreal realistically Absolutely. have? And we, neither, of you, neither of us could really come up with a true answer in that form. No, I do remember that Montreal started the season strong. Then they had their swoon in the middle of the mm-hmm. season. They got really strong again at the end of the season. Um, you know, it, it's going to depend on the players that they do have. Um, there's talk of... Super Mario coming over and possibly playing with Montreal. Matt Doyle kind of mm-hmm. teased at that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know. Is that realistic? Sure. He's, I, he's out of contract this summer. That's true. Mont- was it realistic when there was talk of Drogba coming over? Well, Certainly didn't seem like it. That's true. Drogba and Balotelli, I feel like, would be a fun... I would pay to go to the game to see that. Those two up top, just for fun. But Drogba I, is done, isn't he? I I, I thought he I, he may, but he I think well, I think you're right now at that point. So Super Mario running running rampant, as it were, uh, I think would be interesting to say the least. Yeah, I think a lot of it too. Uh, you know, depends on the play of Evan Bush in the backers, the True. goalkeeper. He was also uh, very strong at times, but also. <laughs> Uh, much of a sieve at times, so mm-hmm. some inconsistency from him. He's got to shore up his game. You know, and that's the big question for me once again is in the back, you've got a player like Simon who was fantastic yeah. last year. Can he continue to lead that defensive unit? So it, they are up in the air. I still see them making the playoffs, Baxter, and I see them possibly even contending in the East. Hmm, interesting. All right, any other final thoughts for us before we run to a break, Simon? I hope the Timbers make the playoffs. Oh, we'll get to the Timbers and the Revolution and everybody else at some point. But I know, I agree with you. I think the the playoffs are a lot less exciting when the Portland Timbers are not involved in them, in my opinion. Hey, what, listen, yes, they're my club. But what I like about them is uh, is they tend to go for it when they're in the playoffs. True. You know? And sometimes you get a double post bounce that helps you. But, but we'll take Still it. Still counts. Still counts. All right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, Nicole Barnhart of FCKC will be here with us on theshopfutsal.com. Call in line. Stay with us. Two up front, three lines pub. Back right after this. Back inside the Attention Era Media Studios, it's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, rolling along with the program. I always, every time, every time I say that, I'm like, Provan, program. I, won't, I think I made a joke about it once, and you gave me a weird look, and then we just, I stopped. Hey, you know, my name has been associated with cheese, yeah, provolone, ah. with, with drugs, Prozac, so... <laughs> 
it's it's cool. I never thought about all over that the one. place. Okay, well, we won't be talking. Mean, we can talk about. Uh, thankfully, the name's also been associated with soccer quite a bit. But, oh, good. But, uh, your brothers have certainly helped right. with that. And my and sister. You as a, as a ho- oh, that's right. I always forget about your sister. Yeah, as well, fantastic too. player. Good for her. We gotta have her on the show too. We've had almost the entire Provan clan <laughs> on the show. I feel like. But all right, time for our first guest today. Joining us on the shopfutsal.com call-in line is the goalkeeper for FC Kansas City. It's Nicole Barnhart, and she joins us now. Nicole, welcome to Two Up Front. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. We are excited to have you on. Uh, we heard you just got out of training a little while ago, which uh, I'm sure has got to be a little uh, a little lonely in the offseason currently. But uh, preseason is around the corner, so I'm sure that is, that's got to be exciting. But uh, how, are you, how are you feeling in the, in the offseason here as you continue to get ready for another NWSL season? Feeling good, yeah. Obviously, you know the off-season training is a little lonely. Uh, luckily, there's a couple people in town to to train with a little bit, but definitely looking forward to getting in, getting back into the team environment, and and really getting going. I think you know just with the way season kind of ended last year, not making the playoffs, I think it just makes you that much more kind of eager and excited to get rolling with this season. Going off of how the season ended last year, I mean, you, 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 you ladies had won back-to-back NWSL time to not make the playoffs. In, in any other sport, I think there would be mass riding in the streets for the most part. Um, and that's nothing to take away from the NWSL or the media coverage on it. That's why we're talking about it, because we actually care about it and have a, a strong opinion about it. But what was, the, what was the vibe when you guys go from having such great success to then not even being the first team out here, the second team out, I guess, in terms of being behind the Seattle rain and the standings for missing the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit frustrating. Every season, our, our first goal is to make the playoffs, to give ourselves a chance to potentially get into that championship game. But at the same time, you know, going into the season, we knew it was going to be a little bit more of a challenging season for us just with so many retirements and uh, a couple of pregnancies that, you know, those are key players that really were impactful for us on and off the field. And to go in without those players, um, we knew some other players were going to have to step up and it was going to be a little bit of a younger team and a different team than we'd had in the past. So we knew it was, it was not going to be easy um, going into it. What are your what are your thoughts about uh, kind of sh- shifting a little bit here in the NWSL? What are your thoughts about the new TV deal that has been signed by the NWSL and the A and E uh, networks uh, overall? Is it is it a good move overall for the league? Do you feel like it's going to actually help the, the league grow and get in front of more fans? Yeah, I'd like to think so. I mean, it's exciting any kind of media outlet you can get. Um, at this point, you know, it's still a growing and uh, developing, expanding league, and that's just you know one of the growth that has happened in the force seasons going into the fifth season now um so i think any coverage that you can get the more coverage you can get the more um exposure you can get and just the more that you can get players and faces and teams and everything out there uh for the general crowd and not just the, the sports fans i think it'll be very impactful and continue to help grow the league in the future Nicole, shifting gears a bit uh i'm curious about your thoughts you've you've been in the game for quite a while uh as a goalkeeper but you also played lacrosse and basketball in your youth. There's a lot of talk right now of so much focus on getting getting young players to just focus on soccer. I'm curious about your thoughts on that, and especially as a goalkeeper, if you think one of the advantages we may have as a country uh, for goalkeepers is is playing those other sports that maybe work on on quicker reaction time with your hands. Yeah, I mean, obviously the times have changed a lot from when I was a youth and growing up, but I do think personally that playing all those other sports were very beneficial for me um i played actually a little bit of baseball when i was younger um basketball lacrosse and and i think it's just you you learn to you know pick up the ball differently read the game uh differently you just put into having to move different ways and i think that when you get all those different um you know perspectives from different sports and it it really is beneficial. I think that all kind of ties together, and I think it kind of develops a full athlete almost. And I would definitely agree with that, too. I mean, especially at the position that you play, you hear all about, you know, different positions on the field, you know, trying to do different things in the offseason to stay in shape. But as you mentioned, as a goalkeeper, you have to use your hands. That's one thing that's your, you know, when the rules of soccer be like, oh, don't use your hands. But as a goalkeeper, like, well, that's how you make your living is using your hands to to make those dynamic Mm -hmm. saves. But uh, you yourself as a goalkeeper have, like you said, you've been around for, you know, a fair amount of time. You've seen a lot of things at the the local and international level as well, too. Uh, What is, I'm curious to get 
get your thoughts on the the state of the the U.S. women's national team goalkeeper pool right now because uh, you haven't appeared in an international match for a couple of seasons, but you obviously were a very vital part for a long time. It was kind of you know Nicole Barnhart and Hope Solo that was the conversation for a long time. But what are your thoughts about some of these younger goalkeepers coming through the ranks and are even just the, the current players in camp right now that uh, are going to likely command the, the between the poster going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point it's, it's still kind of a, a growing point. Um, you know, it's a position that there wasn't a lot of opportunity given. So that pool of players is still trying, I think, to be developed and figured out. And I think it's, you know, it's, open, it's a position that's open to anybody at this point in time. It's just going to be a matter of who really steps in and and makes the most of that opportunity. And I think it's, you know, this is kind of the time when you can bring in some of the youth and and start to develop them and start to figure out who that, you know, future person may be that you want to spend time on and and really develop. But, you know, yeah, I think it's it's something that you're going to hopefully see some more people get in and get an opportunity and, and see who can step in to figure out who that one, two, and three may be going forward. Have you seen from your from your experience? Is there a, a clear one, two, three, or even a couple that you you personally think uh, deserve the the shot more than others? Um, you know, obviously the the last couple camps it's been Alyssa Nair and and Ashlyn Harris. Um, you know, beyond that, I I'm not sure who their number three would be. I think it's something where they're still trying to figure it out, and it's something where you really have to give people games, I think, to, to be able to see that and who can and, and can't make it at the next level or who you want to put time in to develop. Um, but, yeah, you know, not being around that environment and, and not seeing that, it's hard to say without, you know, being there for the ins and outs of trainings and games and everything. Uh, Nicole, changing gears once again, I, I like to do that quite a bit. Shifting, <laughs> shifting back to uh, FC Kansas City, uh, looking at your draft, obviously one of the big concerns for FC Kansas City was uh, on the defensive side of things. Christina Gibbons, first-round pick, fifth selection overall uh, out of Duke University, likes to get up and down the field. What are your thoughts on her? I, I don't know if you've had much time to uh, scout her at all, but just curious if you have any thoughts on Christina. No, I, I've heard that she's a very exciting player. Um, I think she's one of those players that is going to come in and, and work really hard and, and hopefully be impactful from the start. Um, you know, it will be good to get that player on the flank that can get up and down um, and be dangerous in the attack but can defend well but can keep the ball for us, be composed on the ball. And I think that, you know, from what I've heard, and, you know, it will be exciting to get her in and see her in a couple weeks in preseason but I'm excited to get her in and see what she can do. I think she's one of those players that definitely has a future and just playing in this league is going to be so beneficial for her, you know, that being in this training environment day in, day out to continue to develop as a player and to continue to get looks at the, the full national team as well. Do you veterans have any fun things that you guys do to pick on the rookies at all when they come into camp for the first time? <laughs> no, I think we're a pretty nice group here in Kansas City. <laughs> I, don't about, I don't know about other teams, but... I think, you know, I think it's one of the things that, that makes our team really special here is just the bond we have, not just on the field, but off the field. I think we're pretty inclusive with with the rookies and, you know, the veteran players, and, and everybody spends time together on and off the field. And I think it's a fun, I think it's a really fun group, a really fun environment um, to be in, both soccer-wise and just, you know, the family environment that's here as well. How does your, uh, your game plan, uh, to an extent as a goalkeeper, knowing the players you have in front of you on the field, change now that you know you won't have Heather O'Reilly for the first part of the season? Um, you know, I think you know, our, our game plan as a team has is, is always been to, to go out and possess the ball, knock it around, play that nice soccer. Um, you know, defensively, I think we were pretty solid last year. I think we struggled a bit in the offensive end, so I think the big difference for us is to come out and be a little bit more dangerous um, going forward in the attack and you know with some of these players we have coming back or coming in I, I think we have the opportunity to do that this year. How relieved are you to have some of those offensive firepower <laughs> in Amy Rodriguez and Sydney LaRue coming back? I think it'll be fun I'm really excited to, to get going this season and, and get those players back in and playing with them again and you know, to to be that really dynamic, dangerous team in the attack, um, to build on our, I think you know, our solid defense that we had, and continue to just be a little bit more of that that solid team all around. Um, they're very fun, dynamic players to to have on the field, and they're players that you always want on your team, and, and yeah, not having absolutely. to play against, especially with that pace that 
the both of them bring up front, and you know there there's goal scorers. So I'm very excited to get them back in and playing and on the field with us this season. Well, absolutely. Well, Nicole, we appreciate your time today, and we are certainly excited to see what FC Kansas City has in store for us in the 2017 NWSL season. And we hope that we can get you back on as well sometime during the season to, to check in and see how things are going, okay? Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Right. Thank you very much, you guys. Absolutely, hey, thanks, Nicole. Nicole. There goes Nicole Barnhart on the shopfutsal.com call-in line, and we will definitely have more conversations with her and many other NWSL players as we progress uh, throughout the offseason and the upcoming NWSL season as well. All right, Simon, time for a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. But a friend of the show will be back with us, so it'll be almost like a homecoming. It'll be so exciting. Rachel Wood will be here with us. We'll talk to her right after this. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Proven. Back here at the Attention Era Media Studios. Great conversation in our last segment with FC Kansas City goalkeeper Nicole Barnhart. Great to hear from the U.S. soccer veteran. Yeah, just uh, soccer veteran as a whole, too. Just very knowledgeable. Uh, definitely tells it how it is and uh, very optimistic about the upcoming FC KC season, I think, as well, yeah, too. Yeah, you know, we haven't heard much from FC Kansas City, so it was nice to uh, to get her on the show and, and give us some insight there as well. Absolutely. All right, Simon, I feel like I need, like, a theme song for our next guest. I don't have anything good, though, I feel like. I, I don't know. I don't even know what would be an appropriate song to play. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe by uh, Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. I don't know. <laughs> That in a good way. Good. In, in a, a good, good way. way. Crazy good. A crazy good. Yes. Back on the program since, uh, oh gosh, I don't even remember the last time she was on the show. Too long ago. Too That's long when. ago. That's how long ago it was. It is Rachel Wood, formerly of the Boston Breakers, now a roaming free agent. No, she, uh, she's retired from professional soccer, I think, but hopefully she can let us know more about that. Uh, on the shopfootsell.com line right now, Rachel Wood, welcome back to Two Up Front. What's going on, guys? By the way, I can give you plenty of things, so we can, can you? chat about that after the show. Okay, we'll have <laughs> yeah. to we'll have to put that into your contract. I or like something. live my life through music, and now with my whole new like full cycle adventure, they play such good songs that I'm sure I can find a good one. Okay, well, you'll so have it, to it, have your people send that to us it, then. And you just came from spin class, <laughs> is, is that right? You're saying. <laughs> 
I did. I did. I'm still in my like my leggings, and I have my sweet uh, spin shoes in the car with me. You like, have spin it's a shoes. It's, uh, it's a little. It's a different cleat now that I put on my feet, but it's still a cleat. So what's a spin shoe? Yeah. I'm googling spin shoes right now. I don't know what those look like. I, I they're don't. not the most attractive shoes, and they're—I <laughs> haven't found ones that tie. They're all Velcro. Well, I'll make it easy then on you. Know. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you know, exactly, Rachel. The only thing about spinning for me that that I can't get over is you don't go anywhere. It's like I feel like if I'm going to put that much That's effort like into treadmill running like, for me, I'm like, me I, I get nothing out of it. I just it, feel like you know, it, it just comes down to the fact that I'm jealous that you're able to do this. That's all. It is. <laughs> Simon has a secret <laughs> well, spin. Well, I'm like terrified. Addiction. I had, like, a bad experience as a kid riding bikes on the street, and so, like, I'm terrified. Like, I like riding bikes, but I'm terrified to go anywhere on them, so, like, spinning is a good solution for me. Gotcha. <laughs> a nice, safe, happy environment with fun music and encouragement, basically. And just be careful, though. Exactly. One day, Baxter and I may show up with cardboard cutouts of cars and just, you know, Yeah, be like, watch out, Rachel, meow. while you're trying to do oh your spinning. PTSD. Oh my gosh! I think we need to like start a start a trip now. We need to go to Vancouver to get a chiropractor appointment with Melissa Tancredi. Now we have to go have cardboard cutout cars with Rachel on her spin class. Basically, is there anywhere else we need to go? We're going from Vancouver to Boston. I feel like we got to stop somewhere in the middle to help break up the trip. Oh my gosh! No, you don't need to stop anywhere in the middle. Just come on down. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> so, Rachel, yeah. what have you been up to aside from spinning? <laughs> Aside from spinning, <laughs> so I think it was like September since I last talked to you guys. Yeah, um, you started so off your relationship then, with us with a bang by just basically crucifying me on the air for being a Houston Dash fan, and it all kind of went from there. <laughs> yes, and then, you know, our relationship budded, and then I went MIA from the show. True. Yeah. Um, but no, since, uh, since then, I have coached a high school team through a fairly successful season um we lost yeah we lost in the quarterfinals of the state tournament um but bless our girls we have the best team um and although not the most talented team that always steps on the field we know um one of our captains said it best at our banquet that um they know that they love each other more than the other team and so you know we, we have just this incredible culture and it's just it's such a fun um, time of the year for me. So I was able to do that. And then, um, have decided to not play this upcoming season and have actually been working, um, on building an academy. So I'm working with, um, yeah, with a lot of, um, young girls to basically, um, you know, teach them soccer work, you know, individual small groups, that kind of stuff, but also help to sort of teach them, you know, I think good, important life lessons for young women, which is, you know, self-confidence, self-efficacy. Absolutely, um, yeah. All that kind of stuff, yeah. So So that's kind of how you're going so to spend been, your 2017 year then, basically, is this, this uh, non-soccer playing style of, of life, I guess, and spinning your way through life then? Spinning my way through life, and, you know, yeah, I'll still be around the game um, coaching it, and I'm hoping to maybe play... Um, in obviously a slightly less competitive league than sure. the professional league. But, um, you know, I still want to kick around and, you know, soccer's, uh, obviously my first love and, you know, I've been, I've been doing it for, it's crazy. I've actually been doing it. I, I say this to my kids. I'm like, I have been playing soccer for twice as long as you've been alive. Cause I work with like 10 and 11 year olds sometimes. <laughs> wow. And you can see their faces, like their eyes get so big and I'm like, Oh my You're God, old, I am Rachel. that old. Wow. I know. I'm going like, to need a custom cane belt soon. But I do have to say, especially uh, someone who's a father of, of two young daughters, I love to hear what you're doing, Rachel. That's It's so important for young ladies to you know, know how powerful they are and how valued they are. So to have somebody like yourself there doing that work, it's, I, I give you big kudos for Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you. And I think, you know, I think for so long... Uh, Soccer, especially in the youth level, has sort of um, grown comfortable with the idea of the old school style coach. So, you know, a coach that gets in your face to motivate. And I uh, am a firm believer in the exact opposite because I had that growing up and it it wasn't good for my self-esteem, for my self-confidence, for any of that. And mm-hmm. so I want to make sure that these young girls know that they can do that they can do anything and um, that you get such better results when you believe in your players and you you coach them with, you know, positive reinforcement. And I often say, you know, 
I correct, but I don't criticize. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's I think it's so important to have that message in a young girl's life. Yeah, I mean, in in, in any kid's life, really. I mean, I work with boys too, um, but my but my main um, my sort of main um, player pool is is young girls. Sure. Well, I've I've just figured out your theme song now for any time you come on the show. Oh. It's it's got to be anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> That's yes. it. Oh, it's got to be that one. In a slightly different direction. I was I was thinking that you were going to say like Beyonce who run the world and I'm like, yeah. That also one. makes sense. Yeah, I, I would I would support that one as well too. So, when when we have but you on the show you again. Do, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, well, if it's a more light mood, maybe we'll play that one. If you're just coming on to just give us the hot takes, we'll have to go run the world and there you go. Beyonce, there you, go. you know. You can't Perfect. go soft and light and have Beyonce be your entrance song. That just doesn't work for me. I know, right? When I'm like dissing <laughs> the latest gossip in the NWSL from all my friends. Exactly. Do you have any hot takes for us right now? I, I'm, I'm assuming you might not, but I'm curious since you brought it up. I actually don't. I've been so focused on my work that I've literally like, I've like locked myself in my little apartment in snowy Boston and haven't come out except for to coach. Can we have a Can we have a brief conversation about something you and I talked about just really quickly last week about the players that were chosen to represent the NWSL at the A and E uh, Network announcement? Oh, sure, Baxter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the only reason I bring it up is because you you made really good points about, and I had the the, the side thought, I don't know if Simon thought this as well, too. You look at the players that the NWSL brought to the announcement, and it was a virtual who's who in question marks of who's who, who are these players, basically, because you have players that, I don't feel fully represent what NWSL is. If you're making such a landmark deal and what the NWSL is talking about, where is Tobin Heath? Where is Ali Long? Where is Morgan Bryan that also represent these NWSL teams, but then also represent the women's national team as well, too. And I was a little little turned off by the fact, no offense, I love a lot of these ladies, but why Christy Mewis or Steph McCaffrey or some of these other players that were asked in were there because... Realistically, I didn't think they had done a whole lot to deserve that sort of a promotion and that sort mm. of a light. I, I'm going to listen to your guys' conversation and actually have a, <laughs> I have a counterpoint to okay. that. Okay, Rachel, go ahead. Well, I um, I don't know if I'm going to touch on on uh, Simon's counterpoint here, but I I agree. I think for the initial announcement and launch of such a huge deal, I think that we needed more household names there as sort of, you know, as the hook, right? As, you know, as sort of the attention grabber to get people interested. And then, and maybe this is what they were trying to do, is try to bring some new players up um, with the hope that these are the players that they're going to, you know, be creating sort of these household names and, you know, they're, you know, they're entrepreneurs and, you know, Steph and Christy and Sam have their sporting chic thing. And I know that Lynn Williams, um, you know, has a side business and stuff like that. So, Maybe their hope was to bring these players in um, to basically say, hey, you know, these are some of the new, you know, and upcoming faces the that new guard, we're going to yeah, be featuring. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, get to know them because, or, you know, recognize their faces because you're going to get to know them with this new deal. Um, sure. However, I think in order to have sort of a stronger statement and say, hey, look, we're here and we're here to play we needed sort of the bigger name people and I'm not, Yeah, and, I, and I'm not saying event. you need to just make it a star-studded affair where the U.S. national team themselves walked in and it's like, all right, we're all here, but I feel like a, just a little right. bit better mix and match there. Even like if you sub a couple of those players, like Kristen Press for Steph McCaffrey or Morgan Bryan or Tobin Heath even, where you've got, they're not like, some people might argue they're, right. the, most, they're the most notable players, but it wasn't Carly Lloyd, it wasn't Alex Morgan, it wasn't Hope Solo in that regards. Like you're still bringing in yeah. quality, well-known players without bringing in, like, your your absolute first-string overall player when it comes to promoting right. something. Simon, what are and your I thoughts here? I think it was here? great to have Christy Rampone. Sorry, I'm just going to yeah. interrupt no, Simon. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, but I think it's it was my life. Christy Rampone there. <laughs> 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 with, two, with two daughters, you know, you got to get used to it. That's true. <laughs> um, I get why she was there because, I mean... Yeah. As a women's soccer player, right? She's done so much for the game, and I obviously know who she is, and people who follow the NWSL know who she is and know how, you know, how valuable she is to the league, just, you know, the all of the incredible things that she's done. However, if you replace her with, say, Carly Lloyd, who's the FIFA, or Tobin, you know, who's the FIFA player of the year, or the U.S., or the CONCACAF player of yep. the year, um, that carries a bit more weight 
yeah. to it. And then, you know, you could have done something where, you know, Tobin or Carly is speaking and then, um, you know, you could have brought Chris Urampone up for the Q&A and, you know, have someone ask her, how is this different from, you know, the past iterations yeah. of the league that you've been in, which I have to argue Carly Lloyd and Tobin Heath have also been in. So, you know, True. I think, I think the ideas were there. I just, I think it could, that it could have been a little bit better. Some of those, yeah, having those stronger name players or those more high-profile players, I think, would have given it a little bit extra um, of an oomph. Yeah, I would agree with so that. So I, I don't disagree with you guys. I think having some of those name players there would have been good. But I'm ultimately okay with this. First of all, we don't know if their conversations were had with, with some thing. of the bigger names, that, and they yeah. said, you know that what, that's, that, that's not my thing. Yeah. Um, you got the NWSL MVP there from 2016, mm-hmm. Lynn Williams. That makes sense. That's a huge one. To have your number one overall yep. draft pick there makes a lot of sense. Rose, Rose Lavelle. Lavelle. Yep. Uh, I, I actually think the Mua I was sisters. I that one. I gotta say, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Mua sisters mainly are there because the league is also showing that you know we got family ties in this, and, True. and um, you know that that's a good selling point to families. Obviously, you, you do have Alyssa Nair, who is a U.S. national team keeper right now. True. Um, Rampone is is a representative of of the history of women's soccer, and then uh, you know the the one that was maybe a a wild card for me was Stephanie McCaffrey. It's nothing against her, yeah. Um, but the the one thing but, I actually so from my perspective, she's like she's like a third newest sister. You know what I mean? They're almost she like really sure, is. sure, yeah, sure. So the, 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 you know, the one thing kind of, that makes more sense to me. The one thing I would have liked to have seen is. Why not have one player from every team That's there? what I thought they that's were That's what do. would make sense for me. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's that where the league kind of dropped the ball just a little bit, in all honesty. But and, and Rachel, still a I, good thing. Yeah, and I think you're right, and that was my main point, is that to me what they're trying to do is say this isn't, this isn't a U.S. women's national team deal. This no. is an NWSL deal. So exactly. we're going to have players representing mm-hmm. you know, purely yep. this league. So Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. All right, Rachel, we got to well, let you honestly, go, unfortunately. But uh, sorry, oh, I don't mean, I don't mean to cut you off. I know, I know. I'm sorry. Next time, come on the show and we have more time to talk. <laughs> but uh, we got to let you go. I won't put a spin beforehand then. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah, spin. Yeah, two up front over spin next time. Yeah, we'll, we'll make that happen. <laughs> yes, yes, I got it. Okay, well, it was a pleasure All to right, talk to you guys, again, well, Rach. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks we'll, for thanks for coming back on. We'll do it again soon. Okay. My pleasure. Sounds good. Chat soon. All right. Sounds good. Bye bye, Rachel. All right, Bye. Simon. Quite the uh, quite the show, wouldn't you say? I can't talk. Uh, <laughs> I can't share any new ideas. But we had an awesome interview, obviously, just there with Rachel Wood on the shopfootsell.com call in line. Yeah. Nicole Barnhart earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a, it's still been a fun show, Baxter. Yeah, we made it work. We, yeah. we we had a good time. I have no idea when our show is gonna be next week. We have to talk. We'll have to get our agents together and talk about when our show is gonna be next week. <laughs> but uh, stay tuned for that. You can obviously find more information about the show by going to our website, two upfrontsoccer.com, the number two uh, and you can also drop us an email to upfrontsoccer at gmail.com with any comments or questions you might have about the show as well. Always find us on Facebook, 2UpFront. Please click that like button. And find us on Twitter as well, at 2UpFrontSoccer, using that number two. He is at Baxter Colburn. I'm at Simon Provan. Simon Provan, always a pleasure, sir. Let's do it again next week, okay? Sounds good to me, Baxter. All right. With all of us here at 2UpFront, with our manager being the one above, we are 2UpFront. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.